welcome to Let's Talk Period, the podcast where we chat about all things endo, adeno and PCOS. I'm your host, registered nurse and chronic illness mentor, Isabella Gosling. And today's episode, we are doing a deep dive into all things endometriosis. Given that March is Endometriosis Awareness Month, I thought what better time than to go back to basics, chat all about endo and what it is, what the symptoms are, how you can get diagnosed and what the treatment options are that are available. So let's do it. Did you know that according to the Australian Institute of Health and Welfare, that approximately one in nine people assigned female at birth will be diagnosed with endometriosis by the age of 44 in Australia. Endometriosis is a chronic condition where tissue that is similar to the lining of the uterus, but not the same, implants or grows elsewhere in the body. So that tissue or the lining of the uterus is called the endometrium. But it's important to note that the tissue that implants or grows elsewhere in the body is not the endometrium. It is just tissue that is similar to the endometrium, but it is not the same. And this tissue most commonly grows within the pelvic cavity. So organs such as the uterus, ovaries, bladder or bowel. But it's also important to note that endo has now been found within every organ of the body. So it has been found on the lungs, it has been found on the spleen, it has been found on the diaphragm, it has been found in the brain, it has been found within every organ of the body. So that's just a little overview of what endometriosis is by definition. And this is um, the next sort of thing is how endo impacts you so what the symptoms of endo actually are so some of the most common symptoms with endo are associated with heavy bleeding and pelvic pain or cramping and that's sort of why people associate endo with being a condition that is related to your period however Endo is actually a whole body condition. It's a whole body disease because, as I've just mentioned, it doesn't just affect the uterus. It can affect every organ in the body. Um, It doesn't discriminate where it will sort of implant and grow. So it's not just a period condition. But um, some of the most common symptoms are pelvic pain and cramping and heavy bleeding. Other symptoms, though, include painful intercourse, pain during or after bowel motions, pain with bladder motions, um, lower back pain, nausea, uh, migraines or headaches, uh, and infertility as well. So it's really important that not it's important to know that not everybody with endo has the exact same set of symptoms and that can be really frustrating because it makes it a lot harder to actually diagnose because you know you might go to the doctor with one set of symptoms someone else might go to the doctor with another set of symptoms and um, it's not really textbook cut and dry this is what someone with endo has you might only have one out of all of those symptoms Um, and some people don't have any symptoms at all and they might be 
trying to fall pregnant uh, and are struggling with infertility and the only reason they find out that they have endo is because um, they have struggled to fall pregnant. Um, Alternatively, you could have every single symptom that I've just listed, but it's really important to also know that symptoms and pain don't actually correlate with the extent of the disease. So you could have lots of endo lesions all throughout your body and might not have any symptoms at all or you could only have um, you know a few endo lesions located in one spot in the body and you could be having intense symptoms and suffering greatly so just because you have a certain amount of endo doesn't mean that you are going to have a certain amount of pain and it's not Um, correlated exactly so endo is endo and if you've got stage one endo or stage four endo your diagnosis is valid regardless Um, let's chat about how endo is diagnosed next so currently endo can only be definitively diagnosed via a laparoscopy or a laparoscopy uh, and that is a keyhole surgery so they will use a tool called a laparoscope and it's got a little camera on the end and they'll go in through your abdomen and they'll make these tiny little cuts and they'll have a look for endo lesions and the gold standard of this laparoscopy is excision surgery so they're cutting out the endometriosis lesions they're not being burned out so endo is endometrial lesions are seen on a laparoscopy um, and then those endo lesions are cut out and they're sent away to the pathology lab for testing to confirm that you have endo Um, other forms that other forms of um, diagnostic tools can be things such as an ultrasound or an MRI they can assist in identifying deep infiltrating endo or endometriomas or adhesions so they're not very good at determining determining the presence of superficial endometriosis so not deep infiltrating into the tissue Um, but they don't always see everything so that's why having that surgery is still the gold standard of diagnosis it can be useful um, to have an MRI or an ultrasound if they're wanting to do planning ahead of a major surgery. You might already know that you have um, diaphragmatic endo, so you might have endo on your diaphragm and they're trying to do planning as to how they're going to be removing the lesions or where they think they could be. They might show up on those sorts of scans, but it's important that it's noted that you can't definitively be diagnosed with ultrasound or MRI alone currently and there's no blood test to diagnose endo Um, there's no real test that you can get that's not really invasive currently that diagnoses endo and it's also so important to share as well that endo should be performed by a specialized surgeon because they are highly advanced and technical skills all right now Now that we've spoken about what endo is and how it's diagnosed, let's talk on how we can actually manage endo. And this is just an overview, but 
Um, surgery is only one part of the puzzle and only one part of a great management strategy. So finding out you've got endo through your surgery is one, one step. Then you need to figure out how you're going to manage it. And surgical treatment is obviously one of those steps, but endo requires a holistic and individualized approach. So what works for one person isn't going to necessarily work for the other. Like I said, with symptoms all being different, um, management is also going to be different. So that can include hormonal medications or devices. So for example, the IUD um, or the oral contraceptive pill. So discussing with your doctor about um, hormonal treatment options. Uh, another key option or including in your management strategy can be pelvic physiotherapy. So post excision of endo, you can still be experiencing pelvic muscle spasms or oversensitivity in your nerves. And pelvic physiotherapy can really work to relax your pelvic floor and desensitize those nerve pathways and sort of create a more regular response to, or a more normal response and it doesn't have to be that overactive um, response so working with a pelvic physiotherapist can be really beneficial um, as well a pain management option can also be including non-steroidal anti-inflammatories um, or you can work with a pain specialist who can prescribe a management program with tailored medications for you depending on what your issues are and what you're wanting to target you can also include complementary therapies so that could be naturopathy um, it could be tra traditional Chinese medicine or it could be acupuncture it could be osteopathy um, whatever you think can sort of help but it is being shown through research that the ad addition of complementary therapies is really helpful in navigating and managing endo and um, it's also known that endo is an inflammatory condition as well it's not an autoimmune disease as of yet but it is shown that it is inflammatory so Working to reduce inflammation in the body through eating anti-inflammatory foods and working with um, those specialists that I just mentioned as well. And finally, including your mental health in all of this because having endos hard enough um, on your physical body, but it's also really hard mentally and it can be draining and it can be really disheartening it can be overwhelming it can be all of those things you can be grieving for your old life um, or grieving for what you might have wanted to achieve that you might not think you'll be able to now so it's important to work with a psychologist or a counsellor to talk through things and develop some really healthy coping strategies and um positive self-talk and things like that so that's how we can manage endo thank you so much for listening to this episode of let's talk period all about endo i hope you enjoyed the little deep dive i did on endo diagnosing endo and managing endometriosis as well uh, if you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to rate, review, subscribe and share the show with anybody who you think might enjoy 
endoadenoalpcos content. Also, if you are craving a community who is living with the same sort of things as you, feel free to join our Let's Talk Period Facebook group. So it's just Let's Talk Period Community on Facebook and the link is in the show notes. Other than that, I will be back in your ears on Wednesday with a brand new interview episode and I cannot wait to share who I'm speaking with. Let's Talk Period is produced for educational purposes and the information, recommendations and topics talked about does not constitute medical advice or take into consideration your personal circumstances or medical history.